Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to a new year and a fresh start. Were you as moved as I was to watch that one, one person after another among our sent leaders that was going on? That was so powerful to me. And that's about half of the group that we could get those videos from. It's just so wonderful. We start a, a new year. We start uh, in, in, new, in many, many ways. It's a fresh start. And, and I would just ask how many of you are kind of ready to stick a fork in 2020? Are you done? Say, it's done. And I certainly understand it's been a challenging and, and stressful and tiring year in many ways. But I have uh, some elements of 2020 that are really worth celebrating. I'd like you to re- just remind you of that. There she is. That's Cecilia Grace. And so uh, she was a great gift of 2020, as was her mommy, Deb. And so we look back on it, at least with mixed reviews. We think there are some things that were really wonderful. Here's another thing that I thought was really wonderful about 2020. It reminded me, once again, in the face of, in face of, of incredible challenges, why I have always called you my sweetheart church. Because in the midst of these, you prayed and you persisted and you... You watched from a distance when you had to, and you attended when you were able to, and you continue to give with incredible faithfulness. And again and again in these trying times, you've said yes. You've said yes, we can do this. And I wasn't surprised. You've always been a church of yes. But I want to share with you this morning a time when you said, one of those rare moments when you said no. It was April 29th, 2007, and I stood up here to talk about the next new thing for Chapel Hill. And we, really, we were on a roll. In 1992, we built that gymnasium when there was no public gymnasium in our community. In 1997, we, we, we built our, our, our sanctuary, the one you're sitting in right now, when there was no large meeting venue, and there still is not in, in our community. In 2005, we built a youth center when there was not yet a Boys and Girls Club. And we built a gathering place when there was no large event space in our community, and there's still not one as large as what we offer. Every building we've ever built, every part of our vision has been not only to serve our needs, but to serve the needs of our community and our region. And with every one of those buildings came another mortgage. And by 2007, when we opened our gathering place and our youth center, we were carrying a, a, a tear-creating uh, debt load of $9 million. But we didn't think we were quite done, because at that time, we thought there was one more project that would, that would put the bow on the package. It, and here was the dream that we had. There were very few parks in our area at the time. And so we developed a plan to, to convert five acres of our property over there into a, a play field with a pavilion. So you'd have a play field where kids could romp, and you'd have an all-weather pavilion where you could have outdoor activities and concerts. And we thought that would be the, just the finishing touch. And that was the sexy part of the of the proposal. We were also talking about reducing some of our $9 million in debt. We were talking about giving a percentage of every dollar that was donated to missions, but that was the dream. And, uh, and so that was what we cast as the vision for our fourth capital campaign. Now we hired a firm to do a feasibility study, and 500 families participated, which is a, a large large, significant number. And on that April Sunday, we gathered to hear the results of that study. And the answer we got was, no way. 
No way. It was firm. It was vigorous. It was as clear as it could have been. I, I still remember the shock of being told no. It was really the first time you told me no as your pastor. You told our consultant, we love the idea of reducing debt. We love the idea of giving more away to missions and to charitable organizations. And we hate the idea of building anything else until we do those two things first. I remember feeling like a somewhat spoiled child whose previously indulgent parents had suddenly brought the hammer down on me. I wasn't used to hearing no from my sweetheart church. You were the church of yes, yes, we can do that. Yes, we'll sacrifice. Yes, we can make this happen. But not this time. The answer was no. And so like a good soldier, I took no for an answer and we changed course. But I remember thinking at that time, they say they want to reduce debt and give more money to missions. Let's see if they mean it. Well, it turns out, you meant it. That April Sunday was $9 million of debt ago. And you kept giving and we kept paying it down. And then came beyond these walls our dream of paying off the rest of our $5.5 million and giving ourselves away into our community and our region as we had never done before. Three and a half years ago, you made promises, you made pledges to wipe out our remaining debt so that we could go beyond these walls. And things were going great until COVID popped up. And we thought, well, that'll slow things down. But it didn't really. Last summer when the pandemic was surging, so was your giving. Pledges were being fulfilled. New pledges from people we didn't even know were coming in. They were part of our virtual church community that had sprung up last spring. And apparently, you loved the, the vision of, a, of your church that wanted to be ridiculously generous. And that vision of giving away about a half a million dollars every year to make disciples and send leaders and love our neighbors, that was our tagline, that was our vision. That vision captured your hearts. And it captured your pocketbooks. And it was an incredible burst of generosity in the most unlikely season ever. And so I want to give you a few numbers to just put all of this in context. Three and a half years ago, 654 families pledged to pay off our debt of more than $5.4 million. Some of those original pledgers actually ended up giving an extra $465,000. On top of that, there was another 150 families who weren't even there when we started Beyond These Walls, but they joined us since then. They gave $345,000. And in the end, all of us together, about 800 families, all of us together gave $5,187,859. Everything we needed to pay off every last dime of debt. In fact, we sent in our last payment Christmas week. And you have no idea how hard it has been for me to keep that secret for these last couple of weeks. Because for 30 years, I have dreamed of this day. I was teary as I was thinking of the faces of the people who aren't here anymore and who made this happen. Romans 13.8 stands out for me in this moment. Paul once wrote to his 
people in Rome owe no one anything. Well, Chapel, you have taken that very seriously. We, as of 10 days ago, we owe no one anything. Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church is debt free. Except, <laughs> there's more to that verse. Here's the rest of what Paul said. Owe no one anything except to love each other. He goes on to say that every single commandment is summed up in that one phrase, love your neighbor as yourself. Owe no one anything except the debt of love. Love is the debt that we can never pay off because love is the response of gratitude for a crushing debt that someone else paid on our behalf. I wonder if you realize just how often we use the word debt, we Christians, at least those of us in this church, every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, right? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And what was Jesus talking about? Well, that was his word to describe what the Bible talks about as sin. And in this case, it was our debt, our sin was against God. The ways in which we disobey Him. The ways in which we disappoint Him. Our spiritual rebellion. That's sin. And sin is like a debt that we owe God and we cannot repay. I suspect this illustration will be very vivid for some of you. And maybe more for the services to come. It's like your credit card is maxed out. And you can barely pay the monthly minimum. It is so overwhelming, so crushing that you feel like you'll never be free. Have you ever been in that situation? Imagine then if suddenly you opened your MasterCard bill and you discovered that someone had paid it off. That would be a great gift this time of year, wouldn't it? That the balance is zero. That's what Jesus did. He paid off our entire sin debt. The Bible says, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, God made you alive by canceling the record of debt that stood against you. He set this debt aside, nailing it to the cross. The crushing debt that we owed God, a spiritual debt that we could never repay, Jesus has paid that debt by his death on the cross, and he did it because of love, because of his love for you. So when Paul reminds the Romans to know, owe no one anything financially, it prompts him, it reminds him that there is one debt we should always stay in. It is the debt of love that we owe to Jesus and to our neighbors. I once received a gift from someone that was so generous, so overwhelming, I could never have purchased this thing for myself. I could never have repaid this gift at that time. And all I could do was to say thank you to the giver and then determine that I, in turn, was going to pay it forward I was going to be as generous as I could be in the same way that this person had been generous to me. And I think that's what Paul is talking about. Owe no one anything except to pay forward the debt of love that has been paid for you. And now that we have paid off our financial debt, it frees us up to pay on that permanent debt of love, of loving our neighbor as we have never done before. 
And I am so excited this morning to be able to share with you four examples of the work that we are now going to be able to do year after year after year because we know, oh, no one anything. First of all, the YMCA. We have a great Christ-centered YMCA locally. And during this COVID time, all of their facilities, of course, were shut down, but they continued to look for ways to serve the neediest in our region. And they did so at great cost, without an income stream. And because we owe no one anything, we can now fund a $25,000 matching gift to their educational support fund for under-resourced families on the Key Peninsula. I want you to listen to what the YMCA CEO, Charlie, has to say. Charlie Davis has to say about that. I wanted to share some words of encouragement for you. It's from uh, the principal of Minner Creek, a school on the Key Peninsula. And he described the experience for kids um, in this program, Seymour Scholars, that you've made possible. He said these kids were struggling. They were not engaged. And now they are turning in assignments and actively participating in education. It is transformative for these kids. You made this happen. You made this experience happen. The partnership with the Y, thank you. God bless you guys. Here's our second ministry partner. It's the Fish Food Bank. You know this one well, this venerable Christian ministry, which has outgrown its facility, and it needs a new building. Because we owe no one anything, we can now fulfill our pledge to the Fish Food Bank of $100,000, which, by the way, was the very first pledge that they received in their capital campaign. Listen to someone that you might be familiar with talk about what that means. Hello, Chapel Hill family. My name is Spencer Hutchins. You may recognize me from church, but I'm speaking to you today as the chair of the Fish Food Bank capital campaign, what we're calling Building the Future. And I'm here at Fish to thank you, to thank our church family for the $100,000 lead gift pledge that you have already made toward the Food Bank's capital campaign. This capital campaign is about building a new permanent home for the Food Bank and developing our endowment to make sure that this ministry continues for generations into the future. Thank you so much for what you have done for our community. It means the world to us. Here's our third ministry partner, the Rescue Mission. The rescue mission. Because we owe no one anything, we have made a $150,000 commitment to help to refurbish their kitchen, to buy a new industrial refrigerator, and to underwrite something that they are calling the New Life Ministry. Listen to what Duke has to say about this. Hi, Chapel Hill. This is Duke Paulson, the Executive Director of the Tacoma Rescue Mission. And I just want to thank you so much for all the support from your congregation and the way that you come around the rescue mission and are helping serve in the mission field in our local community. Our neighbors in greatest need are able to receive hundreds of meals a day through the support and renovation of the kitchen that you're helping us with. And then also people who are struggling with addiction and coming through our recovery program, which we call our new life program, will now have the opportunity to have even more mentorship and support and really that's the alpha and the omega, the beginning where people are coming for meals for relationship and the pinnacle of our support where people are leaving here addiction free, restored in their identity in Christ and free of homelessness. And that's really what we're striving for. Thank you so much for being such a tremendous partner. Thank you so much for the recent 100 pies from your youth, organ, from your youth group fundraiser. Uh, that was, a, again, 
such a surprise blessing and great. You guys are awesome. We love and appreciate you. And I want to thank you so much for all that you're doing. God bless. And the fourth, fourth item I want to share with you, it's really late breaking news. This only came together in the last two weeks. Habitat for Humanity, an organization that we know well and love well, has not built a house on this side of the bridge in eight years. But because we owe no one anything, two weeks ago, Chapel Hill committed to sponsor a new Habitat house that will be built kind of near Peninsula High School. It will be the Chapel Hill House, and we will begin to solicit volunteers, hundreds of volunteers we're going to need in the late, uh, in the late summer to make this thing happen. So those are just four of the dreams that are now being fulfilled because of your faithful generosity. And don't forget, we are still making disciples in our new church plant in Port Orchard, which you have helped to fund, and through our virtual ministry, Chapel Hill Online, which we have launched with a vengeance in this last year, and we continue to send leaders out, in, in leaders in our future. In May, we expect our director of worship, Gunnar Tesdall, to be examined by our presbytery, and he will be the fourth ordained pastor to come out of Chapel Hill just in the last 12 months and the 19th in the last 30 years. There are not many churches that can or choose to invest a half million dollars every year, every year, every year in order to love our neighbors and introduce them to the love of Christ. But because we owe no one anything, that is exactly what we're going to do. 2021, the first year of a new decade is also the launch of a new era of generosity as Chapel Hill moves beyond these walls like never before. And so I think it would be fitting as a symbol of this great moment of freedom, we are going to burn the mortgage. Our uh, former chair of our session and a banker, Steve Maxwell, said, we're not burning the real mortgage, right? He says, I get nervous when we burn official. No, it's a replica of the mortgage, so you can relax. But I want to ask our mortgage burners to please come up. You bet. Here's the real false replica of the mortgage. <laughs> Crab around here, and then uh, these are the, the leaders of this team that made this possible. I want to particularly call out Steve Maxwell. Steve was the chair of the Beyond These Walls effort, and he and Kim were co-chairs. They did a ter terrific job. Uh, 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 Dick was the chair of the session at the time that we undertook this. Judy was the clerk of session, and of course, Spencer, Christine, you know how they've been involved in all this. So these are the, the folks who provided the real leadership to make this moment possible. But it wouldn't have happened without all of you. This is not just about the, the, the leadership team. This is about the whole church. And so somewhere out there is someone that has a stone with a star on it. Would you check and see if you have that? Who, who is that? Somebody just dropped it from the balcony. <laughs> Someone have a stone with a star on it? Is it you? Come on up here. Because we want to remind ourselves it wasn't just the leadership that happened. It was the whole church that happened. So come on up, and you're going to be a part of lighting this as well. Good to have you. You stand right here. The rest of you kind of fold around here. Why don't you stick your lights right in the middle here? This is a big moment. You can do drum rolls on your lap if you'd like to. 
Spenden. That is a great day. Praise the Lord. If you guys could return. And why don't you say thank you to our team for making this possible. wanted to find another way for all of you to participate in this moment. When we laid the foundation for this sanctuary back in 1996, every member of the church was invited to take a stone home and to decorate it with their family name on it and then to put it in the foundation to commemorate the part that they were playing uh, in that historic moment. I want to show you a picture of my daughter, Rachel, whom you saw earlier. This is her way back then, and she was very reluctantly letting loose of her stone, which she actually liked quite a bit. I'm surprised it even got into the foundation. It seemed right for us to commemorate this big debt freedom moment with another stone, a big one. And so I want you to take a look. The Bible calls these memorial stones Ebenezer's. This is our Ebenezer. Go ahead and run that. 3,000 pounds our Ebenezer is. And it seemed appropriate for us to make sense it needs to be beyond the walls, to put it beyond these walls. So it's in our traffic circle, uh, just outside here. And the inscription on that says this, Oh, no one anything except to love each other. Romans 13, 8. On January 3rd, 2021, Chapel Hill Church eliminated its debt so that we could go beyond these walls. And so what I invite you to do on the way out, take a peek at that, but do more than that. The stone that you have here, we would love for you to set your stone at the base of our Ebenezer, symbolic of your part, the part you have played in this great day. And I would love the privilege of praying over these stones before we do. So would you lift up your stone and let's just ask the Lord's blessing upon our Ebenezers, all right? Lord Jesus, you are the cornerstone, the foundation of your church Nothing could be built were it not upon that firm foundation. But you have also said that we are your living stones. We are invited to be a part of your mission, of your church, of your ministry. It's an incredible invitation. We are not worthy of it, but because of your grace, your forgiveness, and your Holy Spirit, we are able to do that. And we gladly accept this role that we have been called by you to play, a role uh, in your church, a role in a new generation of generosity as we seek not only to care for the needs of our Christian community, but for the needs of those around us in Gig Harbor, in Port Orchard, and in the region surrounding. Lord, this is that day. And so in, in memory of that, in commemoration of that, we, lay, we lift these stones before you and we pray that you would be pleased to bless them and the person who will place them at the base of our Ebenezer. Uh, when, and the generations to come, as people walk by and see these, may they be reminded of the faithfulness of the church seeking to be obedient to your call. And may it stir them to continue the work of the church of Jesus Christ here on this hill. For we pray it through Christ our Lord. Amen. I am a little disappointed. This ought to be a day of feasting. It ought to be a day of huge parties and festivities. It's one more thing that COVID has stolen from us, 
but it cannot steal our voices. And so I want to ask you to stand up, and you're going to join with me in singing as loudly as you can through those masks the doxology. All right? Here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Oh. Uh...